Come on. Quick ask before we get started today, I am working to help people lead happier and more contented lives. My part of that is money. So if you enjoyed today's episode or if you've enjoyed past episodes, please take a minute and leave a quick review on iTunes. Subscribe. That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, Strong and Powerful, Aaron Voisin. Aaron, are you ready to do this? I am. Good morning. Excellent. Good morning. Let's do this. Aaron is a CFP, an MS, a CDFA, and a CHFC. She is the Director of Financial Planning at EP Wealth Advisors. I'm excited to have you on. Aaron, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. All right. Well, first, thanks for having me on. Yeah. So I am. Um, I work for EP Wealth, as you mentioned, as the director of financial planning. I am married for about three years now. I have one darling little toddler who is 21 months, nice. and one on the way who should be here in the next month and a half. Oh goodness. So life is about to get busy. There's lots of financial planning going on in our household <laughs> right now, but. You know, other than that, I mean, we're beach people, so we live in sunny Southern California, and we enjoy, you know, any kind of water activity, paddle boarding. My husband and I both love to cook, so we end up, you know, having what we call our own cooking competitions about who can cook things better. And then in terms of work, I mean, I lead a great planning department. I lead 11 other individuals and about 40 advisors here at EP Wealth, really just helping our clients figure out you know, what's their money for? What's How is it valuable to them? What do they want to use it for? What are their goals? And making sure that ultimately they just leave every day with peace of mind that no matter what those goals are, that we're taking care of them. Well, I appreciate that very much. And I think that sometimes we get so lost in, in the world of finance because it's so big. And to take a big step back, I think that that would be beneficial, even I think sometimes for me, just talk about really fundamentally what a financial plan is. Seems like an obvious question, but why don't we start there? No, I mean, it's it seems obvious, but I think to most people, it's something that is kind of a puzzle and ultimately sounds kind of daunting, just thinking of putting everything together and what does that mean? And especially when we deal with clients, we're, you know, we're still getting asked that question. But really, it's just thinking about you know, why do you get up every day and either go to work or save money or spend money? Like, what's the point of it all? What's the ultimate goal of it? What are you trying to achieve? And really just putting together a cohesive plan that tells you, you know, whether it's, I want to buy a car or buy a house or retire or fund education, that you have a plan in place, that there's a roadmap, that you're following something. Because if not, you know, Ultimately, you know, I think my quote on my our website is like, you know, a goal is only as good as a plan. So taking those goals and actually putting some action behind them is really what creates the financial plan. Yeah. And that is a it's a bit of an existential question that, that we're asking. What's the point of it all? But with without looking ahead into the future, which is obviously an impossibility, but certainly we can talk about things that we want to see happen and and then work towards them. So I guess maybe that sort of answers the question of simply why would anybody want to do this? Right. I mean, it's 
you are kind of planning for the unknown. And that's what we get a lot of people thinking about is, you know, I want to live in the moment. I don't want to think about 30 years from now or 10 years from now. I just want to be able to earn a paycheck and spend what I want to spend. And it's like, that's all great, but there's a lot of life left ahead. And for a lot of people, you know, that means saving for different types of, you know, retirement goals or different goals that might come up. So you kind of have to balance living in the present with saving for the future. Yeah. It's a, so I think that everybody that's listening knows that I'm, I'm, I'm 40 years old and there's all these new words that I've been learning over the past 10 years as I've apparently fallen out of touch with pop culture, but certainly, uh, uh, FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. These are different (laughs) things that have, uh, that have come into the, into the ether, so to speak. And you know what? I don't know if anybody really believes that or it's just kind of a throwaway thing. Uh, but it's, it's a very real challenge. Um, and then there was that whole age app that, that, that came out within the past couple of months where you could, you know, see what you would look like. I was in guilty 50- of it. I thought, what I, <laughs> thought what I looked like when I was going to be old. So, so how, how do you, I mean, there, there's not a right answer to this question and, and, or perhaps you have it and that's the reason you're, you're as successful as you are. How do you help younger people to, to, to look into the future like that? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned FOMO because I used to always kind of use the old phrase YOLO, that you only live once. Mm-hmm. And that kind of became a big thing for a while. You know, it was on hats, it was on T-shirts, bumper stickers, like you name it, YOLO was out there. And I feel like YOLO has really been replaced now by the FOMO, the fear of missing out. And so that's where I see especially young people, you know, they want to go to Sunday brunch with their friends and take that big trip. And it just came out actually this past week where even just like bachelor and bachelorette parties have changed instead of just like going out for one night, you know, to a bar and having a great time. They're now turning into these luxurious weekend getaways that just cost a lot of money. And, you know, because it's your best friend, you want to go. So you really have to kind of think about what are all these decisions I'm making doing to my overall plan? And am I just draining the bank account to go have fun now and I'm not doing anything for the future? So a lot of it is just thinking about, you know, what does the future look like and having people really start to put that to paper. You know, do you want to work forever? Do you have a different career that you want to get into later on? Have kids, get married. You know, what is what is it that you want in 20 or 30 years? And what do you think it's going to cost to have that kind of life? And once you kind of start to ask those questions, it starts to become a little easier to talk, especially to young people, about that budget and wanting to actually start to save versus go spend and maybe having to say no to some of those Sunday brunches or those trips away with friends that they normally would have said yes to. And I think that that certainly hit on a lot of important things, but simply the idea of putting, putting pen to paper and, and thinking, well, I think that the obviously thinking about things and thinking about thinking through these things is an imperative thing. But I think a lot of the times that's a lot harder just sitting down and thinking about it versus taking out a piece of paper and starting to write things down. This is what's important to me. This is where I'd like to end up. And frankly, even if you never revisit it again, that you did it one time, it's probably a great benefit. No, absolutely. And I know I tell, like I, I go through this exercise with a lot of my friends because they see what I do for a living and they want to pepper me with questions or ask for tips. And, you know, a lot of them will give high level goals to where I'll ask a lot of very specific questions about it. You know, oh, I want to buy a house. 
I'm like, great, where, how much do you want to spend? How much do you qualify for? Are you going to buy it yourself or are you going to buy it with someone else? And so I find that the more I kind of make them answer the tougher questions and again, put that to paper, I really see the goal start to take shape where it's not just this, yeah, I want to buy a house. I want to do this. I want to do that. It's really thinking about what is this actually going to cost me? And we, you know, where do I want to buy that house? And then what's the lifestyle around that maybe community that I have to start thinking about? So it ends up kind of broadening, I think, everyone's thought process a little bit when you actually have to write out the specifics even of that goal. Yeah, which, again, that's just of such immense value of really thinking about that. I think that we've all heard um, that, you know what, so few of us have goals, so few of us have actually written them down, and the odds of you writing them down and then actually reaching them are so much more than if, if you never wrote them down. So such an important thing. Um, and we're talking about some this whole FOMO YOLO um, deal, and is there a certain time that, I mean, people are probably never too young to be going through this process, and, 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 and is it ever too late? It's definitely, you're never too young. I mean, at EP, we do a really big financial literacy outreach to high school students. We've actually done it as low as first grade, where we're out there, we're talking about money, the importance of saving, you know, what investing means, you know, the whole budgeting, paying yourself first out of your paycheck. So, I mean, we're trying to get out there and start that early because, you know, just that's a class all itself. And, you know, high school that's missing is just personal finance 101. And so ultimately that's what leads to a lot of these behaviors like YOLO and FOMO because no one's ever talked to them unless it's their parents. No one's really ever sat and said, do you know how to you know, use your debit and credit card? Do you understand how this is all going to work? So I think, you know, it's never too, you're never too young. And I, we encourage people to start as young as possible. And we try to show them the effect of what even just saving a couple hundred dollars a month could look like in the future in terms of, you know, hard dollars. And then, you know, never too late. I think there's people out there that think that, you know, we see a lot of clients who are older in their 60s or 70s and we're having to have tougher conversations because maybe they haven't saved enough. But we always tell them, but you're still here. There's still time. We're just going to have to make tougher decisions to get to those goals that we need to achieve. So while it might not be the best financial plan or maybe all the words they wanted to hear, they at least know there's a path forward. So you're never too early and it's really never too late. It just depends on when you start, ultimately kind of the conversations that you're going to have. Right. I appreciate that. So we're, we're always working to, to, to bridge the gap between where I am today, where I want to be in the future. But then also there's this immense gap that exists a lot of the time between what I know intellectually that I should be doing and what I actually do and what my actions show. So bridging that gap, I, I think that Obviously, we, we have to know what the numbers are, right? I have to know, okay, if I want to reach a million dollars, I need to be saving X number of dollars on a monthly basis, and I need this kind of rate of return. But I don't think that that's really the glue that holds it together, or, the, or that's that's really what's going to really motivate people. Um, do, do you agree with that? And what 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 have you found really causes people to, to, to stick to a plan and do the uncomfortable behaviors? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times, like what you're saying, like, you know, numbers, we always say numbers speak for themselves, but there's behavioral changes that have to happen first. So I can show someone the numbers all day long, but they have to be willing to change some potential behaviors they have in order to make those numbers actually, you know, come true. So I think this is where you really have to have 
you know, the conversations with people to learn about the behaviors of why they spend and save or why they think certain ways about money. Because I think the more you draw that out, the more it's going to become apparent as to how to make change. I mean, we did a presentation, it was called Budgeting and Balancing Life. And the goal behind it was to make budgeting seem fun instead of this daunting task where I need to nickel and dime every month and figure out where my money's spent. It was more of, okay, we live in a world now of such great technology. There's great apps. There's such cool ways to make money outside of just going to your job. So we talked a lot about, you know, you have the offer up, the five mile, the Poshmark. I call it the online garage sale where you can go, you know, spend, you can go make money. You can go buy stuff, you know, at cheaper prices. So I remember I talked to this group about, Make a promise to yourself. If you think that your habit is shoes, then tell yourself, if I'm going to buy a pair of shoes, I have to get rid of a pair. And -hmm. don't just get rid of it. Maybe you are charitable and you want to do goodwill, but maybe you can go sell it and you're going to make up, you know, 20 or $30 or whatever it is back from what you initially purchased. And then you're going to start to find yourself getting more in that habit of, wow, it feels really good to not only purge, but also make money at the same time. And then maybe some behaviors will shift. So it's all about kind of finding what that person's sort of weakness or vice is and then figuring out a fun way to get them to approach it. Got it. I appreciate that. Need to figure out what's going to work for for every individual and what's what's specifically going to work for you. It's not going to be the same for everybody. So I appreciate that. Well, I think you know, depending on what 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 survey or study you read, so few of us, or rather speaking, half of us are, are living paycheck to paycheck. We're not saving enough money. Consumer debt continues to climb. How how do you look at that versus people that have a financial plan? And I don't know that there's an answer to it necessarily. My guess would be that people that have a plan are probably on the more successful side of money. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes that's like a misconception is you know, I have to have assets or I have to, you know, be successful in order to have a financial plan. And, you know, I always look at, if I look at the people that I, you know, deem successful and maybe they're in their 50s or 60s and they've had time, you know, everyone starts somewhere. At some point, maybe everyone was living paycheck to paycheck and finally they got that raise or that bonus or that dream job or figured out different ways to budget so that they could then become more successful. So I think when I'm, you know, we do a lot of next-gen planning and when we're looking at those people that are living paycheck to paycheck, again, it's kind of where you have to look at the budget and where are they living, what are they spending their money on, are there any shortcuts or different ways that we can approach it. You know, I know right now it's common that, you know, kids are moving home or still living with roommates later in life because it's, you know, more economical and To me, there's nothing wrong with that. If it's going to help you save and provide yourself a better lifestyle in the future, you know, you got to kind of do what's necessary. So sometimes what I find when people are living paycheck to paycheck because they're not giving themselves enough credit to actually go look at what they're spending on and taking that leap to maybe go do something that might require living with someone or cutting out a car for a little bit or, you know, a different cell phone plan, whatever it is. There's always going to be a way to find a little extra money. It's just taking the time to actually do it. Yeah. And I think that that's so well said that it's you can find a little extra money here or there. And while it probably doesn't feel like it when I'm 22 or 25 years old, over the course of the rest of your life, it can make an enormous difference. So 
trying to get through to people about that. Um, so how, how do people get started with this? Who, who should they be talking to? I mean, there are so many resources out there for financial planning. So like I'm a part of the financial planning association every year across the country, the financial planning association puts on their pro bono financial planning days where CFPs around the country basically dedicate hours of their day to go meet with people to talk. So a lot of those people out there that think they don't have, you know, the assets or the success to go actually meet with an advisor. I think that's a great opportunity to take advantage of. There's so many, so many young CFPs coming out, starting more fee-based practices where you can just pay, you know, an hourly fee or a retainer fee just to get that financial advice. That isn't all about just the investments you have and, you know, how much that person is going to manage. There's websites that you can go to. I mean, FPA has a ton of resources out there. You can just Google budgeting templates. Um, just, you know, call any advisor. No advisor is really going to turn you away because they know ultimately they want to help or they're going to have the resources, if it's not them, to put you in touch with. I appreciate that very much. I like it. Well, Aaron, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I think my difference-making tip, and this is what I, you know, I guess I kind of get known for even around the office, is find the inventive ways to save money. So that's why I bring up the online garage sale, the selling clothes, the selling different things around your house, you know, to find maybe those extra dollars. It's, we're really afforded a lot of opportunity with technology and what we have at the tip of our cell phone. So it's like, use it to your advantage when it comes to money, whether it's finding a budgeting tool to help you figure out where your money is being spent, whether it's fun investing, you know, apps like, you know, Acorns or Robinhood. Um, or selling clothes on a Poshmark or an eBay or offer up one of those. Just find, use technology to your benefit to help you either save more money or make more money. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. And Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Thanks. So you can learn more about me. You can go to epwealth.com. Um, if you click on our team, you know, you'll see all of our advisors. We have tons of offices. My contact information's on there. I'm happy to talk to anyone out there who might have some questions. Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Aaron your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to epwealth.com. Check out all the great resources they have on their site. Thanks again, Aaron. Thanks so much. Have a great day. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.